Hello, solar travelers. So this is the second episode of season two of the Solar Traveler podcast. And I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who has subscribed here or followed me on Instagram. We really are building a community. Uh, and more than that, we are all learning from one another about our fears, joys, and experiences. Now, if you're just joining, Season one is where you'll find all the practical tools you need to get started with your solar travels. All the good stuff about safety, community, and developing skills like learning a new language or finding your tribe wherever you may roam. But season two is a little different, and this time around, um, one, the episodes are going to be shorter, and two, I'm going to start having a little fun with some of the stories from my journeys. So remember, if you like what you hear, hit subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore sola underscore traveler and stay tuned for the good things to come. Um, on the last episode, I talked about my experiences in a lesbian bar in Lisbon, Portugal, one of my favorite cities, and how it made me understand that if I could be more open about my sexuality when I was traveling alone, then it was very likely I was able to be flexible about other things as well. And Nashville, Tennessee took my curiosity to another level. So cultivating curiosity for me means taking risks. It means being open to stepping out of our comfort zones and finding something different out there in the world. Literally one different turn in a cab when you're traveling can mean an entirely different night. And that's what Nashville, Tennessee was for me. But where does that curiosity come from? And how do we cultivate it? So a little uh, nerdy, but the eco economist George Lowenstein um, described curiosity as a cognitive induced deprivation that arises from the perception of a gap in knowledge and understanding. So basically, what we don't know, and we follow our gut to understand, uh, means that we are exploring our own curiosity. There's literally something in our brain that makes us want to know more. And it turns out dopamine uh, is linked to the process of curiosity, because our brain feels rewarded when we gather new information. So it's like a lot of the things we feel when we're curious and we succeed in, in uh, quenching that thirst of curiosity. It's just like when we eat sweets or chocolate or go for a run or do something physically wonderful because our brain is meant to learn. So imagine that. Uh, we are feel good when we learn something new and learning something new, something unknown, especially when traveling sola, um, can be a little different ballgame. Uh, for many reasons that if you go back to season one, you can you can find out about safety and tips um, to, to make the best and the most of being alone without having to worry. Um, but I arrived in Nashville on a Thursday night in the summer of 2015. Uh, I have this thing I do when I'm traveling alone where I at least try to find one restaurant with good reviews before I arrive so I can get excited about something and not feel confined to my four hotel walls um, and also just feel more informed about where I'm going. 
So the restaurant was this curious mix of like a strip mall and a hipster country soul food. I don't know, nothing too special to be honest. I, I honestly can't even remember the name or what I ate. So that's probably not a good sign. And I felt instantly like I was missing something I should have been getting from Nashville. I mean, it's the city of country fun, music, cowboy boots, cowboy hats, like sparkles, great food. And there I was at a strip mall. <laughs> so I hopped in an Uber uh, in route to somewhere on the Broadway Strip, uh, which is the heart of Nashville's more touristic nightlife. And I started chatting to the Uber driver who had grown up in Nashville. Um, he was awesome. He had a big beard, like a little turned up beard, uh, mustache, sorry, a little turned up mustache and a big hat. And I think I still have the photo somewhere of the hat. I just couldn't believe how uh, picturesque it was. You're in the back of a car in the middle of the south of the US and here's this guy with the, the perfect Western mustache. <laughs> and uh, he could tell I was a little bit out of sorts when I mentioned that my first experience um, wasn't so great. And he said, well, what, what kind of night are you looking for? And I was like, something off the grid. The last thing I wanted was to be surrounded by drunk tourists. Uh, I'm not a huge drinker, especially not when I'm traveling alone. So I said, okay, well, that kind of gives me limited options, but... He said, okay, do you like music? I said, yes. He said, okay, I've got the place for you. Are you in though? I was like, I, I, I'll never forget that moment of deciding whether or not I was in. Uh, I thought, I've been so lucky traveling alone, but is this maybe the time things don't work out for me? Like, I mean, anything can happen. And I'm basically consenting that this Uber driver take me to some random place in some unknown city I'm all alone. So I thought, okay, um, let me think about this for a second. Uh, what are my resources? I, I shared the trip with my mom and my brother. I sent them my app, my location um, on WhatsApp so they would be able to follow me. And I said, all right, let's do it. So we pulled up to the Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie Bar in Printer's Alley, yes, the Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie Bar, uh, in Printer's Alley, just after nine. Um, and back in the day, Printer's Alley was one of the centers of publishing in the southern US, and over time it became a center of entertainment, just off the city's main attraction, that's Broadway. Um, so the Uber driver literally got out of the car, and he walked me to the door to meet the doorman, and he said, this is Ricky, she'll be hanging out tonight, take care of her. And I was like, wow, I am the coolest person ever. Like, first of all, love the South. I can't believe this is happening. Like a, like a movie where, you know, people in California, on the East Coast, they're not, I, I mean, I had been living in Paris before. People aren't typically that uh, warm. <laughs> and, and I hadn't seen that in a long time, probably since I was, living in Latin America and he was just so kind um, and I walked in the door and was surrounded instantly by some amazing blues music um, went upstairs and ended up like somehow I, I don't have a huge problem meeting people when I'm in that situation especially when there's music and I feel safe I think that welcoming 
uh, of introducing me to the doorman gave me a little more confidence. Um, and I was, and I ended up sitting at a, a table with a group of very, very open, kind people. Um, and after talking for a while, they invited me to check out the Skull's Rainbow Room uh, for the famous late night burlesque show. So Skull's Rainbow Room opened in Printer's Alley in 1948. And I think it, in my experience with burlesque, it's still one of the most iconic burlesque experiences I've ever had. Um, certainly the most uh, renowned in Nashville. And I just loved watching the dancers in the dark room, how they elegantly remove their perfectly replicated pieces of 40s and 50s lingerie and how the place smelled like history, all the old smoke and the new booze and so many stories. And the dancers were just so tasteful, so graceful. Um, I just felt like I had been taken back to a much more, mm, I don't know, peaceful time, but a more uh, elegant time in Nashville before the country music awards and the two-for-one tequila shots. <laughs> and I really understood the history of, of the South for the music, uh, for the culture, for so much that expanded to the entire rest of the U.S. and then the rest of the world. Um, Printer's Alley piqued my curiosity about the city in ways I otherwise would never have encountered. I felt amazing. I felt accomplished. Uh, I had friends who were inviting me to concerts and cultural events. And I had really guided my destiny towards a completely unknown Nashville. Um, this is the one I never would have found without trusting my gut and seeking out more. So, of course, we could stay mired in the age-old adage, curiosity killed the cat. But I started to realize around that age that cats also have nine lives. And the things people tell you so that you won't be curious can actually be just as dangerous as if you had learned the survival skills necessary to feel your way through the world and learn. And I think as long as we all take the best measures we can to be as safe as possible, there's no reason not to venture a bit into the unknown, even and especially when you're sola. So that's my praise of following your gut with guidelines and, and safety when you're sola. Uh, but I'll never forget that night. I feel like it's so vivid for me in my mind, the moment where I thought, God, is this... Is this finally where my luck runs out? Is this the one time I don't make it back? And I'm very, very pleased I had uh, the resources available to me to know how to experience something new, how to go off um, the beaten path. Um, and I think I had just been coming out of, of a divorce, felt very much like I didn't know myself, I couldn't trust myself. I mean, how you trust yourself when the person you trusted to, to marry and the life you thought you were gonna have disintegrates. It's very hard to get back that curiosity and want to start doing new things. And it's certainly taken years to build that strength back. Um, but I think in solo travel, if you can take a little risk, if you can make it as easy as possible and as safe as possible for yourself to jump in to the deep end, 
do it. Well, I hope you'll keep listening to the rest of the episodes in season two and go back to season one to check out some of the tips on safety I offer. Um, and happy travels. <laughs>